0: Alright, welcome to the Meta Podcast where we break down the meta and break what well, fuck. Hello, and welcome to the Metapod with Jake and Sean here, where we break down the evolving meta first episode here on the Metapod. Sean, how do you feel? Any first words that you want to oh. say real quick?
1: Oh man, this is like first man on the moon kind of stuff, right? Or am I, am, I, am I overblowing this? Is it overblown? What?
0: I mean, this isn't the first TCG <laughs> podcast, but we'll get, we'll get to that point yeah, here well, in a second.
1: I mean, I guess my first things is, uh, well, hello. Hello. As Jake said, uh, welcome. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if you don't know anything about me, which uh, let's be honest, you probably don't, uh, the majority of you who might be listening. But yeah, I, I am uh, fresh off of my rookie season as a Pokemon player, started playing the game about a year ago. Um, but I've gotten pretty deep in the game. I make content on YouTube primarily. That is what has inspired me to make a podcast, to be even more involved in the community as I make, I make YouTube videos. That's If I'm known for anything by anyone, I think that's probably the thing that uh, you might've known me for. Uh, but yeah, Jake, I'll throw it over to you if you want to introduce a little bit more about yourself.
0: Yeah, so my name is Jake. If you guys have heard of me, you've probably heard of me and seen me stream on Twitch in the early morning, as some people call it, from like that 8 to noon area on Twitch. I do the Pokemon trading card game just about every weekday, Um, just hanging out, having a lot of fun. Um, learning the game, especially I've been playing competitive for almost a year ago right now, right after NAIC 2019 um, last year is when I kind of made the jump into competitive on a day to day basis and started going to league and really breaking down, you know, the meta at the time and finding out matchups and things like that. So but I've been playing casually for about a year and a month now started playing like right after Unbroken Bonds released. Um. So Sean and I, in both situations, our rookie season was kind of uh, ended, but we both make content, two different types of content mainly. But um, we like to think that we eat enough of the meta and watch enough content that we kind of know what we're talking about, understand and can bring some value, especially when it comes to a podcast.
1: Yeah, I think to that point, this is our first podcast. Nothing is set in stone. If at any course during this podcast, you have cool ideas, thoughts, things that you want us to talk about, cover, uh, reach out to either of us uh, on our individual Twitters, or you can also reach out via this podcast, Twitter, Metapod TCG, just, just putting that out there from the very get-go. We are open to all of those thoughts and opinions.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know what else to <laughs> say. What are we yeah. talking about now? Oh, yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Metapod. You may have heard... You may have heard this name on a podcast before, but Sean, um kind of tell the kind of tell the history, the the lore, you might say, about, you know, this podcast's name.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you as everyone out there probably can imagine, uh the name is pretty self-explanatory, Metapod. It's we're we're clever, right? It's super clever. It's so clever, in fact, that um a bunch of people have thought of a similar name to this in the past. You may be familiar with them. If you've been a part of the game longer than uh, Jake or myself, so I'm going to pour one out to uh, to those homies, the people who ran the Meta Podcast on Twitch, the people who ran that Meta Podcast. Um, there are a number of other podcasts that either had very short runs, maybe they were awesome ideas in people's in people's minds, and then for whatever reason they couldn't continue. But pour one out. I think it's it's kind of a uh, it's beautiful in a way that. That this is a name, the Metapod, and it's a Pokemon that symbolizes metamorphosis and transformation. And, uh, and then here's us just sort of carrying this beautiful idea, this name forward in podcast form in our own way.
0: I'm not going to lie, though. I think the, uh, this podcast in general, this Metapodcast, um, has the prettiest hosts, in my opinion. So I think, I think that's <laughs> another thing that we have on people. So uh, no, no beef, though. No beef but I think that we're the prettiest.
1: That's right. We have faces for radio if ever anyone did.
0: It's funny because I was actually a radio host um, a couple of years ago. So I would say that all the time that I have a face for radio and it still holds true. Still. holds
1: true. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, enough about us that we've talked about us. We've introed us enough. I think we can jump straight into probably what anyone here might be listening for. Uh, and that is the first topic of the day. That topic is infinity zone. Um, Now, this set was officially released, I want to say, maybe a little over a week ago. You may have already seen a bit of this set, but I think I just want to chat, Jake, with you about a few of the cards, not every card. This is not an in-depth set review, but just a few of the cards in the set and, um, you know, what you're most excited about and how you think Infinity Zone and maybe even this mixed with some Explosive Walker um, mm-hmm. callbacks, how that coming in Darkness Ablaze may affect or change the upcoming meta. Because I think this plus maybe one or two other random um, promo cards, this will be the last big set drop that is going to be encompassed in Darkness Ablaze. So we have a pretty full picture now of I think what Darkness Ablaze will uh, cover. So I guess we can just sort of jump into it. I'm looking down the list here on Poke Beach. We will have a link in the the show notes as well if anybody you know, doesn't know exactly what cards are referencing, but, uh, here on Puka beach, uh, I think you know, a few of the main cards that I wanted to talk about, um, for me, a lot of people are hating on this dreadnought VMAX. I think dreadnought VMAX though, actually like, yeah, the lightning weakness is awful, but, but we are coming into this will be illegal for a standard legal after rotation. Right. And mm-hmm. so things like E power are going to rotate. Um, does Tapu Koko Prism Star rotate as well? No. Is Tapu Koko Tapu Prism Koko, Team up? It's
0: from Team Up, yeah. Okay. And the rotation is Team Up on. Okay, okay, cool. So, yeah. So we will have
1: some things like Tapu Koko Prism Star. Um, Thunder Mountain is Lost Thunder, I believe. Ah, okay. So then we also lose, uh, the, the Thunder Mountain. So in some ways, I do think that there is an opportunity for Lightning to start taking a bit of a backseat. Mm -hmm. Um, but we all know Bolton is great.
0: Yeah. So you love Bolton more than anything. Yeah. I I clearly love Bolton. I keep playing it even though I probably shouldn't. I don't think it's a good card. I don't, I I mean, I think Bolton's a good card. I don't think that Dreadnought's good. No, I really don't. I mean, so for
1: me, like, yeah, it's a coin flip to do 240 damage, which isn't great,
0: but we do have
1: the stadium coming out that lets you redo coin flips in explosive Walker, I believe. Yes. Um, And so I think that will make coin flip decks maybe a little more viable. And if you combine that with the fact that look at its HP, right? It takes 30 less damage from attacks already. That puts it at 350 HP. It mm-hmm. has a four retreat cost, which means you can use buff padding, which will not rotate. That's in team up. So That's buff true. padding adds another 50 HP to it. So you're looking effectively at a 400 HP Pokemon that if you can manipulate the coin flip does a consistent 240 damage for 3 energy
0: the only thing i'll say about that is like the 400 hp mon the thing that i think about immediately was is copperaja you mm. know people people were super excited raja you know it's got all this support from metal to buff the buff the hp effectively in defenses and Look how much Raja's played.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. Copperaja does not see play the same way now. Yeah,
0: there's an, interesting and I think that water there. has less support though. Water has less support than than metal, than metal does, in my opinion. I mean, you, you have know?
1: metal saucer. That's true, but we also have frost moth.
0: Yeah, but frost moth. Like you look at frost moth now. Like how many how many effective decks can utilize frost moth?
1: I think Frostmoth is held back by the fact that lightning is so strong in the current meta, right? So, like, if I'm, why would I play, a, I think you're absolutely right. Nobody wants to play a water deck, even Inteleon, which, you know, the energy denial that Inteleon has is no doubt. We'll get into this later, but it's no doubt or, like, a strong point, right? Mm-hmm. But the lightning weakness, and you're giving up three prizes with that when Picaram is, you know, arguably a top three deck. That's just not, it's not an acceptable weakness anymore. Mm-hmm. So I do agree that like currently nobody is playing Frostmoth decks to success. That said, I do think a negative of Copperajah VMAX is its main attack requires four energy, not three. So in terms of powering that up, that's a lot. That takes a lot. That's
0: true. I guess it's a little bit harder, but I'm still skeptical.
1: That's fair. I mean, hey, look, and the only the other good thing I'll say about this is the 400 HP Mon that this is does not require a GX attack to get there.
0: That's true. Yeah, because you use Luke Metal to have it in the active and.
1: Exactly. So you're you're having to bench a Luke Metal, which like, let's be frank, Luke Metal, aside from its GX, is a suboptimal Pokemon. In the current meta,
0: I would say. So, Tell that uh, to our topic later. Oh, I mean, hey, <laughs> th- th- I
1: would say like outside of its GX is suboptimal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but anyways, like I do think Dreadnaw, like it really depends on the lightning decks like for that viability. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, like that's a deck I want to explore. Maybe I have a problem with pet decks. I probably do. <laughs> and this is one of them.
0: I think personally that there is a better water Pokemon in this set than Dreadnaw. All right. All right. And it Let's is. Let's go into it. It is Dracovish. I think Dracovish is a better Pokemon. You look at its ability, it's a stage one, evolves from the rare fossil, which is new in the uh, Sword and Shield era. The primal Law, the ability. If this Pokemon is your active Pokemon, your opponent can't play any Pokemon from their hand to evolve their Pokemon, especially when you look at us having... Um, actually, I actually don't know the certain interaction. Does the Unified Minds Fossil Research Lab work?
1: I don't believe so. I think it's Pokemon that evolved from unidentified fossil. Now,
0: if it says that I'm screwed, but it's still <laughs> an interesting card that I think is pretty good when we move into a meta where the big beefy attackers are evolutions. Yeah, I agree. Like,
1: yeah, like if you're playing this deck, this is a really interesting stall tactic against Dragapult VMAX, Eternatus VMAX, whatever other VMAXs might come out.
0: Mm -hmm. and like 120 120 is not that great and then you look at three three energies still not great but you never know how much more support we're going to get in terms of the future in terms of damage output things like that but
1: I mean I like the concept of Dracovish Um, I'll be interested to see though to your point about unidentified versus rare fossil um, this is where like my own inexperience with the game over the years doesn't help but, like, has, has the Unidentified Fossil card always been called Unidentified Fossil? I think it has. Isn't there, like, an Unidentified Fossil in, like, the Fossil series?
0: I, uh, I believe so. The I reason I mention so. that
1: is I wonder if the name Rare Fossil will be the name it has when it actually gets released in English or if it will keep the name Unidentified Fossil.
0: Do you think it's... Uh... Do you think it's going to be one of those things where we can get an errata as well with it
1: i don't I, there's I don't think there's any need to errata it right like because they're printing it now, right It's coming out right now. I don't know if in Japan this is the thing right in Japanese mm-hmm. is that the exact same word, and is that card allowed to be played with pokemon research lab currently
0: i think i i mean i don't i'm I don't know Japanese at all, but I mm-hmm. would think that you know unidentified and rare are kind of like two, in my mind, they're like two completely different words, you know? Yeah. And if it if it was like, they're if it was synonyms. like, un, if it was like unknown or less common, yeah, they're not synonyms to your point. So, so I don't know. I just, I personally don't feel like, I feel like they're going to be different translations, but well, I, I think, think unidentified point, though, fossil, I don't, I think unidentified fossil was not because um, I'm looking on Troll and Toad for, I don't think it was a, an old time thing. I think it's a, like a sun and moon era thing. Okay. I well could then, be yeah. wrong.
1: If this is just a new name for those fossil pre-evolutions, mm-hmm. um, then it could be interesting. I My main concern there is that we'll get to rare fossil. Actually, we can just talk about rare fossil now. Rare fossil, if I just go down here, um, they did up its HP. It is a 70 HP trainer card now, as opposed mm-hmm. to, I think, previously it was 60 HP. Um, that certainly helps it in terms of, like, your opponent potentially trying to snipe these cards away. Uh, I do worry, though, with this type of deck of, like, okay, if you want to make a Dracovish deck, you need to stop your opponent from evolving probably early game, right?
0: Yeah, you have to, you have to go first. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. And so you need to make sure your opponent can't evolve. You want to go first. And so like, is this card, like in terms of running this, there is no easy item search, right? Are you Are going to play this with Skyla? Like if you don't get this in your opening hand and you can't play a supporter going first, do you see what I mean? Like that could actually be yeah. a big problem. Like I can do a Pokemon search easy. I can't get a trainer card search that easily.
0: Although there is, I'll say digging potential. And this is a perfect segue. Because we have cards like Dedene, but also arguably like one of the best cards from the set. Would you do you know where I'm going with this? Oh, I
1: know where you're going. I'll you you, would you
0: agree that this might be one of the best cards in the set? Yes. Okay. It is Crobat V, a dark type Pokemon. A lot of you that maybe I've been playing for a while. Maybe you're coming back into the game. You're like, you know what? I think I want to play Pokemon again. This is Shaman EX. Um, so once you put that card from your hand onto the bench, the knight asset ability activates and you draw until you have six cards in your hand. The only difference is that you can use one knight asset ability per turn. So it's not like Shaman where you can Shaman three times in a single turn. Hashtag donkdex. But, um, with Crobat, you can only use it once. Thank goodness. But that's still a little bit of digging potential. You know, you talk about... Um, hands where you can get down to like a one card hand and that one card is Professor's Research or Didene Change and uh, it could get you a little bit more digging which is nice because sometimes all you need is like one or two more cards. I think
1: the question for people will be do they play, how many of this do they play versus how many Didenes do they play, right? Like Mm -hmm. does your deck find itself with a very small hand where this is a useful card Or do you find yourself with like, you know, four or five cards in hand, but you need to get rid of them because you need to see new cards, in which case Crobat V is actually not that valuable if you already have a hand that you can't whittle down a little bit. So what I think it does, you know, bring into the equation, though, is it I think it makes, uh, you know, competitive players think about the choices they make when deck building, right? Because mm-hmm. like it's easy to just say like oh yeah you know you need draw power just throw Dedenne in, but maybe there are some decks that will benefit more from Crobat and there are some decks that will benefit more from Dedenne, and then you also have the other you know, uh, you know the other thing on the table, which is like with combos Zacian out there, ADPZ, all these other decks that are adding extra prizes, uh, Dedenne is just a great catcher away. There is no great catcher for Pokemon V cards just yet. That isn't a supporter, obviously. You have boss's orders.
0: Yeah, it's just boss's orders and Pokemon catcher, which nobody's playing Pokemon catcher now, really.
1: Right. So like, you know, this Crobat V is at least protected from one common method of, you know, I've lost a countless number of games from a great catcher play on ADPZ or combo Zacian. And like now this, you know, at least gives me little bit more peace of mind when i throw this down onto the field to be like okay well if they want to get this pokemon off my bench the odds are they're going to have to
0: play their supporters boss's order yeah exactly i think that this is interesting in the sense of there's a lot of there's a couple decks right now that like would rather shuffle so like you see decks that play a heavy count of cynthia i think when you talk about like how how this uh card is going to be incorporated i think those decks because cynthia rotates when these cards become legal um crowbat v is essentially essentially going to replace cynthia almost because like the reason that you play cynthia is because a lot of your cards are just very valuable and so you don't want them to be thrown away um off of a research or something so again you, Cynthia, this is kind of that same concept of like, I don't want to throw all this stuff in my hand away, but I do want to see more cards. So um, it's obviously not perfect because like Crobat doesn't shuffle it in. Mm-hmm. And then you draw six like Cynthia does, but it at least uh, it at least has that opportunity to, to draw because we have a lot of discard effects, I feel like right now, like cards that um, utilize that discard. You know, you look at fire decks and they have fire crystals, fiery flints. Yeah. Um, a lot of ways to just discard things. You talk about quick ball as well. Um, tag team supporters, whether it's Guzmahala, because le- let me tell you, Picaram is going to need it. I think <laughs> Guzmahala, Malolana, Lana, things like... Eh, there's a lot of different things. Yeah, I think Malo and Lana
1: is a great example because as more and more VMAXs become relevant, I think this idea of moving into a two-shot format... Mm -hmm. which I think currently a lot of, um, you know, the format is leaning towards two shot a little bit more with Dragapult and with things slowing down a little bit in the format. I think like when it was all ADPZ and sword and shield, like one shot was the game. Yeah. But as things move to a two shot, yeah. Malo and Lana becomes a really, you know, powerful card comparatively and something like Crobat to your point, you're getting your, your hand is, is, is three cards less when you play Malo and Lana. Um, and like something like this is a perfect way to stop yourself from, like, you know, thinking, oh, can I play pa- Malo and Lana and then just have a dead hand next turn or not? Now, I suppose you could have the exact same thought with Dedene, but to the point you were making earlier, sometimes you have resources in hand that you can't afford to get rid of.
0: it's so. it's going to be it's going to be really interesting but i think the uh i think the two shot meta is a really good point but i think as long as baby Bucephalon is around we're still gonna kind of be in that one shot primarily i don't know although I mean, it's baby getting harder and harder like to weird, one shot
1: i think baby Bucephalon is like a weird uh like a stepchild of the meta right now
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> right
1: Like it's the, it's, it's the cousin that comes over that is like, that is super rowdy. And you're just like, what, who let, who let this one in? Why did you let this one in? Where, where
0: is your, where are your parents? Yeah. Where are your parents?
1: Fireball circus. Get out of here. Get out of here, baby blounds. I thought I stamped you.
0: It's like when I saw, I saw this tweet. Um, I can't remember who tweeted this and I'm going to feel really bad on Twitter because they're a person that I like and follow but they uh I they tweeted they were like all these people you know playing baby blondes they they get all these turn one combos and they blow up my v max Pokemon in the front, but I always just draw past the first turn when I play baby blondes, and I was like, I've never related more to a tweet <laughs> um about a deck, so but one of the things that I'm really, really excited about, um because a lot of people like to call back to a time of. Uh, strategy when you talk about Decidueye, Vileplume, Plume Zorark, um, I've watched a lot of those games and watched a bunch of streamers do like those retro matches because you know again like that's a time where we didn't play that's a that's a format where is somewhat unknown to us, um, but a lot of people want those and I feel like this card or these sets of cards, the Ralit and Decidueye, Kind of start bringing us a little bit back into that area in terms of the strategic end, not like a me welder, me win type deal. Um, are you aware of these cards right now, Sean?
1: So, yes, the Decidueye card in particular. Now Rowlet, okay, um, I'm trying to like look at Rowlet in particular, like it's ignore all energy in the attack cost if you played Bird Keeper. Um, and then doing sixty to one of your opponent's bench is not bad, right? Like it's a good quick little KO on something on the bench, maybe.
0: Well, it's and not only a good KO, but then you look at um some decks right now, like Combo Zashian. If you look at decks like Spiritum, um, I've seen some Japanese lists that if that have evolved the Tomb lists, and they are using the Rowlets right now, where it just starts out as like a little bit of chip damage, you know, because. Again, we get to the point of, like, Dreadnought and stuff where Pokemon are so high HP. You know, you're you're definitely with a deck like Spiritomb if it wants to survive. Um, it's going to have to multi-shot some stuff. So as long as, like, Pikarom's around, you know that Duskmane and Necrozma, Necrozma and combo Zashin is real good because you can just hit a Pikarom regardless if it has Big Charm or not, and then you can knock it out Um with that Zacian or whatever. Like, this is kind of that same effect, in my opinion, with the Rowlet. Um, but the Rowlet, the Rowlet's good. It could be used in several areas, but then the Decidui. Yes. Like you were mentioning camp forest camouflage is the ability prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by the attacks of opponents, Pokemon V and Pokemon G X. And when I first read this card, and this is just to my, uh, inexperience as a player, I was like, uh, oh, Pokemon V like Pokemon G X, like, ah, that's all right. Like, it's not that great, but then Twitch chat, Twitch chat, the 200 IQ chat that I have. Shout outs to them. Um, we're telling me that this also blocks like vmax's tag teams because if you think about it pokemon pokemon gx's tag teams are gx's they're just labeled as like buzz yeah. M- buzzwool and formosa tag team gx so like and then the pokemon v's as well they also block the Vmax. i yeah. i was told yep so uh, that's, that's like accurate that's like a wow moment in my brain where this is like okay okay this could be interesting
1: yeah i think um and this is a a similar attack i think hoopa there's a Mm -hmm. hoopa in old formats like i'm not really familiar with it but i keep hearing people say this is hoopa but Mm -hmm. this is stage two hoopa right
0: yeah no the, the hoopa basic pokemon blocked gx and ex pokemon um i'm not sure what the ability is actually called but that's what the effect is Um,
1: I I think this being a stage two look, if you, there's going to be somebody who breaks this deck there just is right. Like the same way that there was one person who broke Obstagoon at a big tournament. And then for a little bit, Obstagoon was a actually viable choice at competitive events because yeah, it, it really, it did a really good job at addressing the meta, which is basic Pokemon. Um, I think Decidui in many ways is actually stronger than Obstagoon because it doesn't rely on you attacking. It just has this ability, just straight up. It has this ability. If you don't have any way to get around it, you, you lose, right? You just lose. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that respect, I think it's better than Obstagoon, but I think it might suffer from the same problems Obstagoon suffers from, which is it's a stage two yeah and you can just have a bad day you know um and it's a stage two that evolves from pretty weak pokemon with you know i i don't think fire weakness is actually as bad as everyone keeps thinking it is because look 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 at the meta right now
0: fire the fire fire pokemon just one shot everything anyway
1: exactly fire doesn't care about weakness don't worry about fire weakness you make it easier for them sure but they're gonna get you
0: Yeah. Baby blondes me welder me win.
1: Exactly. So I don't think that the weakness matters, but they are pretty weak Pokemon and yeah, we have rare candy. We have Rosa. Uh, that's just the obstacle engine in many ways. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing with this will be, you probably want to play this with some polka dolls so that, you know, you can buy yourself turns to set up, um, and yeah you got to just make sure that you're not playing other things onto the bench that give up prizes
0: i mean i'm going to be the one to break this deck i'll tell you right now because Ralid, <laughs> my favorite pokemon of all time for sure um i think one I'm thing it's important this. to note i think one thing is important to note dragapult
1: v max's first attack does go through this yes so it's all
0: uh, all effects yeah well i'll oh, prevent we all damage
1: but its first attack is shred and it says ignore all effects on your opponent's yes active.
0: that's what i was saying yeah, yeah yeah
1: so i think that you know dragapult uh vmax i wonder if we will see a return in any form of keldio gx um, interesting because like look keldio has the sonic edge ability which goes through things so there mm-hmm. are answers to this but the answers are obviously not great right no Nobody like wants are you to- just
0: gonna whack a, are you gonna whack a stage two which i'm already blanking because i moved to the next card okay, that let's you go. had mentioned the pokemon 140 so that's three that's three hits three hits assuming that you didn't max phantasm onto the bench well, um, so it
1: is three hits, kind of. It's three hits. It says prevent all damage done to this Pokemon by the attacks. If you have a horror psychic energy on that Pokemon, though, and they hit you, it's actually just two hits.
0: Yeah, I guess, because the uh, the attack, for those of you that don't know, it is a grass colorless split arrow. It does 90 damage to the active, but you choose two Pokemon on the bench to do 20 damage to, which will still live in a format that has Mew, um, which is annoying, but you never know if that's going to be like a pivot pokemon yeah i mean like the, the decidui i think that this i i don't know if it's a
1: pivot because a stage two pivot just seems like a lot of work it I does think it's, it i think does it's either like it's own deck or it's nothing um and i think it'll just depend on like does the meta allow for all of the answers to this to be playable right dragapult Ooh. vmax is i think an answer to this in some ways But you have, I think the next Pokemon we should move into, the big one, the big daddy, so to speak, Eternatus VMAX.
0: Eternatus. Ah, yes.
1: Ah, yes. Uh, Eternatus. Ah, um, The reason I'm bringing this up now is Dragapult, great in the meta currently, but it's weak to dark. And now you have a Pokemon in Eternatus VMAX, which I would argue very easily one-shots a Dragapult VMAX because of the weakness. Mm -hmm. So is that going to run Dragapult basically off the board? Or, you know, is there still going to be a place for a Dragapult VMAX? And I think that really depends. That makes the decision for the viability of Decidueye. If Dragapult is super popular, I don't think Decidueye makes sense because of the first attack going through its ability.
0: For those of you that don't know actually what Eternatus VMAX is, um it has an ability called Infinity Zone. If all your Pokémon in play are dark, you may now have 8 dark Pokémon on your bench and can't play any other type of Pokémon. So essentially, um if you if you have this deck and all your Pokémon, you have like two Crobats, you have a Weavile, um Sableye, Tyranitar, Obstagoon. I'm just throwing out dark Pokémon.
1: The new um, Slow Slowbro V?
0: Yeah, Slowbro V lets you poison which we'll talk your about. Yeah we'll talk about it here in a sec but like if you put down a detonate, that ability deactivates for those of you again that could be coming back into the game or well uh, maybe you've been playing for a while this ability is basically skyfield but with only dark pokemon
1: well funny thing actually it once the ability is active it says you can't play any other type
0: i think there was a is there like a, a
1: change to that ruling
0: so like there's a ruling where i saw um i can't remember i think it's I want to say the person's name is Tori Lanes, but I know that's not right, because that's like a, that's a singer, I believe. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, shout out to you if you know who you are. Um, I saw a ruling that was, if, if your opponent um, uses de-evolution spray or something on a Weavile, and you had evolved from a water sneezel, um, you can play... Or you can you can essentially turn off and then it's it's like an expanded when somebody bumps your Skyfield and you have to discard Pokemon so you can. You can get back the ability to. Uh, no, I think the point I was making, though, is uh, no. Yeah, but you can't you can't like throw it down to
1: Denny. Yeah, that's the point I was making. So I don't yeah. think that this deck will run to Denny because you have the crowbat, right? You don't need to. Yeah. Um,
0: but I thought that little ruling was very interesting too. Oh yeah. Mention.
1: I mean, I was even looking for like, you know, you have devolution spray, you have, um, I think there's a Celebi that has time spiral.
0: The prism. Attack. I believe that's from lost thunder.
1: Is that okay? No, 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 not a it's prism Celebi. star. Um, it's
0: not a prism it's just still? a Celebi
1: that has like, I think there's a couple of cards out that allow you to devolve your opponent's active Pokemon or your opponent's Pokemon. um,
0: um Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's Unified Minds, Celebi, so Time Spiral. Do evolve one of your, op- well, that's your opponent's Pokemon. Yeah, so you that could. not say your Pokemon.
1: But I'm saying like if you, because let's talk about its attack, right? It does 30 times the number of Darkness Pokemon uh, that in, in your side of the field, I should say. Mm-hmm. So if you can have up to eight Pokemon on your bench plus the active, that allows you to do for a Darkness and a Colorless 270 damage. That's your max damage output straight up. But yeah, I think that... uh, Look, I think this deck is going to be good. I just... For two energy, only one of which has to be darkness, although you're probably not playing other energies, but you can do up to 270 damage. Now, I will say, getting eight Pokemon on your bench that you want to be on your bench for some reason or another is not the easiest thing in the world, right? Like, there's only so much Pokemon search that exists. So I do think that, like... Getting to that scaled damage might not be quite as easy. You do have Crobat, but you know I, I think there are maybe some challenges that this deck faces that maybe people are discounting a little bit for hitting that 270 so easily. That said, um, 270...
0: This is Dragapult's gatekeeper.
1: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like you don't even need all, all eight Pokemon on the bench to beat Dragapult. You need to hit 160 damage, which is basically... Five. You need a normal sized bench to be Dragapult. That would be five and this on the is, bench
0: and this one. is another another point. You know, you talk about you talk about uh, a two shot format earlier in as we were talking about this. You know, what if Dra- or Eternatus decks just say, all right, I maybe I don't want to focus on just dark Pokemon. Maybe I just want to uh, maybe I want to throw in my Dedenes and stuff and do a little chip damage. I don't know. Um and kind of knock around some Pokemon for multiple multiple attacks. I don't know. Um, it's 340, which is on the beefier side of the Vmaxes. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's an option. I do know. Like I have a friend. Um, I'll mention him by name because he deserves the shout out. Bedov. Um, Bedov in our Twitch chat and in our Discord. Um, he has been playing a lot with the. Um, Darkness Ablaze cards and trying to build decks and stuff, but as of right now, he says that Eternatus really feels like it has the Dark Box effect where it just feels like super clunky and, you know, you're you're ticked off because half the time you can't even get it to work. Um, but Dark Box is a deck that people love and people will keep trying. You know, you saw saw like Henry Brand play Dark Box in the Limitless Qualifier um, not too long ago and I mean, I think Dark Box is actually one of my most viewed deck profiles, even though I did not have like a great video in terms of like actually battling and getting wins. So people love the deck. People, somebody might make it work. I don't know.
1: I mean, look, I think if Dark Box is ever going to work, like Pokemon at this point, I think is thrown as much as they can throw at Dark Box. Because you have, you know, Eternatus VMAX now. You had the Weavile from Unified Minds. You have Dark City. You also have this new Darkness Energy, which, uh, oh, yeah. it's, you know, as long as this card is attached to a Pokemon, it provides Darkness, and their treat cost is now zero. So it's like Pokemon is trying real hard to make Darkness work, and this is one where I think that if I'm looking at, like, okay, when you make a set, and you make several sets in a row, they're evaluating we need Darkness to be good because it needs to be a clear counter to Dragapult if I'm a game designer. So mm-hmm. you build drag, I think Eternatist, and I think you have some idea, like there is a way to build this deck that will work to some degree. Now, look, these game designers are not the competitive scene. They cannot know every single outcome, but I think there will be, I think this is finally a moment when dark decks are going to be, you know, viable in the format. So If you have that darkness, uh, you know, secret energy, uh, now is the time to start, you know, breaking that out. All right. Well, let's get to I think I just want to talk about one more Pokemon or actually there's a few more Pokemon in the set. You have Scizor and you also have Salamence VMAX. I personally think that those will be viable in some form, um, but,
0: uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to be game changers. Uh, I don't think they're going to be game changers, to be honest. Yeah. At least looking at Salamence, I mean, Salamence is colorless because we don't get dragon anymore, really, Um, in terms of dragon support. So Salamence and other dragon Pokemon can move to different types, this one opting to colorless. Um, And it's all colorless energies, so you could use it with Welder, all those different energy accelerants that we have. But uh, Lightning Weakness, and then Scizor, it's, uh, it's like Scizor GX, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, I think Scizor could be interesting. Um, it does have like a not terrible attack for 90 for only two energy, which is
0: not bad, right? If uh. Guardi was, was way more prevalent, I would say. But I mean, the only thing that this whacks right now is like Lapras VMAX, right? What's weak to metal right now?
1: No, La- Lapras VMAX is weak to lightning.
0: Nothing I thought it was weak to, to metal. Frostmoth What's weak? is weak to metal. Okay, then that's what I'm thinking of. So, like, like it, it's damage output isn't high enough, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. It, generally speaking, it's not... It's just not hitting the numbers that I think it needs to hit, and I did... I, I will say, though, I did see um, some deck lists that apparently won from Japan that were playing Lucario, Melmetal, and Sizor. Now... Mm-hmm who knows how big that tournament was it's literally like week one or two out there so it's a moment of like yeah new stuff always wins because people want to play the new stuff but i don't know if that you know grain of salt with anything
0: then you have that like surprise factor exactly but Um, a surprise factor that i have in metal haha segue uh in metal pokemon that i'm looking at right now Raja. little baby Raja, 190 hp which is huge for a non-VGX Pokemon-type deal. Um, has the ability antibacterial skin. Pokemon can't be affected by special conditions. But what's really spicy is the attack. So you look at... It's a four energy cost, which is meh. But metal, metal, colorless, colorless. Could see some interest because we have metal acceleration and help. Um, revenge stomp. 120 plus damage. If any of your bench Pokemon have any damage counters on them... Attack does 120 more damage. I think this could be really cool. Somebody's going to figure this card out. That's just my take.
1: I don't know. I just, if if you really needed a, like, say you want to play metal and Decidueye is a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think this is great. Decidueye literally puts damage counters on your bench with its sniping ability. So this is a perfect answer to Decidueye. If you're playing a metal deck, um, But I think in the same way that like, look, when people were playing Obstagoon, there was the question of, well, do we play Mawile? I even experimented with like the Caparaja from Sword and Shield um, playing that in my ADP Z decks. Um, So I think this card personally, I'm like, it could be good, but I think it's good as a response to something in the meta. I don't necessarily know if it's great in its own right.
0: I mean, it's not going to be its own deck, but it'll still be it'll still be peeked into the the metal archetypes. I feel like very well could be. I mean, the special conditions, especially. I think
1: that that is like you know, if you're not going to play Cobalion, then like you probably might want to consider oh, something it's like much,
0: this. much. I think it's better than Cobalion. Oh yeah, yeah. Cobalion now, Cobalion's just a, uh, yeah,
1: it's two prizes to bench sitter. At least this can do something.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: I want to just talk about, I think there's only one more card that I want to talk about. There's lots of cool cards in this deck. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't want to do like a whole set review. And I know there's other topics that we want to, we want to cover off on, but uh, for we me, we probably talked about this for a while. Yeah, we could. I mean, look, there's a lot of, I, I think this is actually a pretty interesting set. Uh, granted, I don't have years and years of set experience, but I think the thing that everyone talks about is turbo patch. Mm-hmm. So turbo patch allows you to flip a coin if heads, choose a basic energy and attach it to one of your basic Pokemon, excluding GX. So obviously they had to add that so you couldn't Turbo Patch onto your uh, ADP. That would be broken. That is not fair. And they don't want people using Turbo Patch, you know, to Tapu Koko Prism, attach Turbo Patch, now that we don't have Thunder Mountain onto a Rom, That's also not fair. So Jake, what do you think? Do you think this card is good is it absolutely broken like is not not shouldn't be legal or do you actually think it's probably maybe uh overrated
0: I think this card is not broken because it is based on coin flips and coin flips are not broken Yeah we we get the stadium right that um we get the stadium that lets us reflip coins but I I feel like it's too much of a risk to base your deck off of this This might be like a one or two of you know, that you do. Maybe this replaces the crushing hammers that everybody's just like, oh, I have four card slots. Let's just put in crushing hammer. Like, are you going to use your supporter will? Are you going to use your supporter will for the turn as your supporter? Just so then you can get one extra energy on? Like, I I don't think decks really build around this. And I I mean, this will help with a bunch of other decks too, you know, that don't have that... Energy acceleration. You know, you talk about the dark type, the fighting types. It's got fairy printed on here, but yo, they print We all fairy. know that. And come
1: on. <laughs> what are you doing, Pokemon? I mean, like, you know, pour one out, but like that's just salt to the wound to print the fairy energy on there.
0: As long as it's like a le- as long as like fairy is a legal card, they'll still print it, in my opinion. Which I mean, I'm it's I'm, I'm kind out. of like okay with. I'm okay with.
1: It's I mean, yeah, it's a shout-out to like the energy, it's cute. Uh, but <laughs>
0: It's not played. Nobody plays fairy decks right now. Not Maybe Forges, but that deck doesn't play energies, really.
1: I think darkness, fighting, um, those are and the darkness main ones. Darkness
0: has Weavile.
1: <laughs> well, darkness is Weavile, but it's an evolution, right? You have red and blue. Yeah, but do you, Man, sometimes when I play red and blue, though, I'm like, I don't want to play this for my turn. Yeah, it gets me two energy. But again, Eternatus, if, I, if you think that Eternatus right is going to be the key Pokemon for, I mean, if that's the case, honestly, I don't know if Eternatus... Well, you
0: also have Chairman Rose. Chairman yeah, exactly. Rose to, to two basic energies from your discard pile and attach them to one of your Pokemon. Yeah. You know, you could spend a turn putting, putting uh, using red and blue to discard energies or any other of the discard effects in the meta right now. You know, maybe you gotta research, but, like, I think that... I don't know... So, I mean, your point is that, like, it seems
1: like most of the archetypes have enough acceleration, uh, with you know a couple of outliers here and
0: there that maybe rely on stage two. I think, I think really the only one that doesn't have the energy acceleration is fighting.
1: If your deck doesn't have a form of energy acceleration, this card could be, you know, a coin flippy, unfortunately, but a coin flippy way to do that. So, I think it will see play in decks that don't want to make space, like Intellion VMAX is another example. Intellion VMAX doesn't need. Frostmoth, right? It's a control mm-hmm. style archetype. So something like this probably helps you set up another Intellion VMAX on the bench. Um, you know, without, you know, I think, so I think there are certain archetypes where this maybe does make sense. Uh, but to your point,
0: I don't think it's broken. I agree with you. No, I mean, I hate crushing hammers and I hate coin flips because I always lose.
1: i agree with you on that it feels like coin flips i'm like uh, uh, why do i even bother Mm. (laughs) all right so i think that'll be it for like the infinity zone chat i mean is there any other like specific cards you really wanted to focus on
0: Uh, i mean the only one that i want to mention is bird keeper um your pokemon if you do draw three cards yeah i think that's pretty good um, Great switching. You know, effect. We've seen some Pokemon that like have the ability that's like ignore all energy costs. So it's almost like a catter day. Um if you play bird if you play the bird keeper card that turn, you ignore all all energy costs from certain Pokemon. So um I think it's gonna be really good, especially because you know we come into an area where switches like everybody's playing four of switch now. Um, especially because Jirachi is still a thing. You know, we have scoop up nets, we have switches, we have Malo Lanas. Um, maybe in terms of like your small one prizers, they play Bird Keeper Tony instead of like a Malo Lana, um, because they're gonna get one shot by just about everything in the format, anyways. Um, so yeah, it could be it could be really interesting. I could I could see it, especially when you talk about like Spear Tomb. I think Spear Tomb could play it.
1: Yeah, I don't play a ton of Spear Tomb, but like. I think Spiritomb does suffer from the, I have cards in my hand I don't want to discard. Yes. Um, Whether that's like your special energies or your hustle belts or whatever. So like research- Or special energies. Right. So like your researches are not really so viable. You don't want to put Crobats on the bench because your whole point is being a one-prizer deck. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, maybe like a bird keeper as a way to like make sure that you have a pivot between those turns. um, And it draws you those- Get your jinx out of the
0: active that you started-
1: um, all right, let's, uh, let's move over now to current competitive landscape, eh? Uh,
0: all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's chat about, uh, the Neil Pie, the Sunday open that Neil Pie runs. Uh, um, right. yeah. For any of you who aren't familiar, Neil Pie, uh, awesome, awesome dude. He runs this Sunday open. He's been doing it ever since like quarantine basically started in some form or fashion. And over the last few months, it has really grown. So it's, I think, in my opinion, like one of the premier weekly tournaments um, that, you know, people play in.
0: Mm -hmm. Especially now that the limitless qualifiers are done and over for the um, for the average person. You know, if you didn't qualify, this is your next best competitive thing, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: And so like, you know, it had this week, a hundred and what? 42 or something like
0: 140, that? 144. I think it was. So either way it was 140 plus the most they've ever had. I think last week they had 135 Yeah, as well. So like they keep breaking, they keep getting more and more people and you talk about the different people that did it today, you know, Celios Network, Azul, you know, those are some big names to jump in and, um, kind of talk about this and get more people to do it next week as well. Cause it is on Sunday. Sunday's a big, uh, relaxing day for a lot of people.
1: This is, I think a tournament that I personally look to. I know that you look to it as well when you're thinking about what to play in the next week's tournaments.
0: Yeah. Um, or just like my local leagues when I'm thinking about playing. Yeah. So if we look at like
1: how, how things did this week, uh, I don't know. I'm going to quickly go over to see
0: if he has updated. I have not seen anything, but. We do know what won the tournament. I don't think if there's there's nothing on his Twitter and the Discord I was looking while you were talking um, to show like the decklist as of right now. Um, I usually retweet that stuff or like or something. So check me out on Twitter, Atrocious Shake. But we do know who won. It was Mellow Magikarp, Kevin Clemente, the kind of the maker of the Spirit Tomb Ultra Beast that was uh, played a lot in the in the last limitless qualifier and now Playing the Luke Metal Zacian. Now, this is a deck that has seen a little bit of play when you talk about the big events, especially like the Limitless Qualifiers. You'll see people place like within the top 24 um, or something the last couple tournaments with the Luke Metal Zacian because it has such a favorable Dragapult matchup. They use Max Phantasm with your metal frying pans, your full metal wall GX they're literally only doing while well, you're blocking 40 you're doing they're doing 90
1: so i you're think? blocking 60 minus 20 oh no yeah
0: you're blocking 60 yes that's right
1: minus 20 for the resistance on Luke metal
0: yeah so you're literally that's what 50 yeah they're doing 50, 50 for a max too. phantasm that's yeah. disgusting <laughs> especially when it plays two mallow and lanas and an Eldegoss.
1: and i can tell so, you from experience this was another deck that i was when I was running my ADPZ back in the sword and shield format, I know old, old timey, but, (laughs) uh, but like I had a Luke metal in my ADPZ build that I was going to take to Toronto because it also has a favorable matchup to peak because getting like having them, forcing them to like try to stretch that little bit more to knock out a Zacian or your Luke metal or whatever, the Duskmane Necrozma works in it. The fact that you can get rid of a bunch of energy Look, Rom can recover from that. Don't get me wrong. But making them recover from that is a huge advantage, right? Like they just can't flood the board with energy. You know, in that case, that means that their bolt end is not as powerful. So, uh, you know, it has a favorable matchup against Dragapult. I think it has a favorable matchup against Rom, And it has a favorable matchup in the ADP-Z mirror or even a Zacian combo mirror or even a Zacian combo.
0: Yeah, Zacian combo, it has favor because zashing absolutely cannot one shot you like you don't have to worry about putting a metal frying pan on your zashian now which is very very nice you just kind of have to worry about it on the uh luke metal yeah well even yeah, it, the even then fine, like, too yeah i mean I, I after i said that i was like wait a minute that's 260 <laughs> so like it's it's very nice and then also you talk about like another reason why i feel like because a lot of people will say like Baby Blounts, you know, Baby Blounts is so good. Baby Blounts is so effective. Baby Blounts has fallen off a little bit because, you know, people are people are definitely teching against it. You look at it within the top 20 of the Limitless Qualifier um, the other weekend, there was only one Baby Blount within the top 20, and that was 15th. Because people are playing plants, people are playing stamps, people are just finding more Tapu Fini. Mm -hmm. The the quad, nobody's playing quad Feeney, but like the feeny (laughs) tech as well. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of people taking against it. So I think that it put Lucario, Melmetal, Zacian in like a perfect place to be able to excel in what right now is the meta. I I don't think uh, it does.
1: The only thing I could see with this deck that would scare me is I look at this build and I say to myself, This might be a bit bricky sometimes. Um, And that's not a criticism of of Kevin or anything. I just think that the reason you put three acrobikes in a deck like this is because you know that this deck can suffer from bricking, right? Like, yeah, you have your researches and your Marnies, but...
0: A little bit, but it's also an easy way to, like, get energies in the discard as well. I mean, I suppose.
1: I mean, acrobike getting energy into the discard, like, you only run 11, I think acrobikes and things like baby blounds or firebox, like your likelihood of hitting that energy to the discard is pretty high uh, mm-hmm. because you're on so much more. So I think that is a, a nice bonus, but my, I look at this acrobike and I think to myself, when he was testing this, that's the one thing, like if I'm not going to put the Denny in here, I need more draw power. And like when you're Mallow and Lawning you're not drawing when you are bosses ordering, you're not drawing. And even honestly, when you Marnie, The amount of times I've Marnied myself out of anything, you know, is just as many times as I've Marnied my opponent out of something. So Mm -hmm. I think that to me, like if I was to look at this deck, I'd say like, I do think it has a favorable matchup with the majority of the top decks in the meta. I don't know though, like how this would fare against something like Spiritomb.
0: I mean, it kind of has somewhat of a favor, right? Because Full Metal Wall um, blocks the ability for Spiritomb to one-shot your Zacians. So you guarantee you guarantee that two shot, um, which is huge because with Zashin, you want to try to even out that prize trade as much as possible because you're not playing the Jirachi or anything like that. In terms of Jirachi Prism, you are playing Stellar Wish Jirachis as most decks are, or as a lot of decks are, I should say. But yeah, I think I think it kind of makes it a little bit more favorable, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Like they they don't have a one shot against you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a deck like that, like, yeah, you have to go through maybe six prizes, but the, the, and you have Mallow and Lana to save you you between turns. And yeah, like, I don't really know uh, if I'm thinking about this deck in the meta, I know people have played this in other Limitless qualifiers. Eric from Rare Candy was a big proponent of this Luke Metal Zacian builds.
0: No, yeah, it it peaks up there, but it's never like... The oh my gosh, look at how this deck did! Like it's always like been peeking in there. Like oh look, this place top twenty. It's had a couple spots in there. But I think it's interesting, right? Like if this deck, you
1: know, it wins a big tournament. Obviously, Pika Ram, Dragapult, um, combos, Aussie are not going away. But mm. if something like this becomes more prevalent on tournaments in the Players Cup or on the ladder or in future tournaments. Um, What, yeah, what, what is the counter to this in the meta? If there is one, like how does like this deck clearly was okay. It did decently, but it was never like a top deck. If it has a favorable matchup with all of the top decks, does that in and of itself make it a top deck? What is its weakness?
0: I think you talk about, you talk about abilities are, or not abilities are, it's not even Zard anymore. Firebox, you know, you talk about baby blounds because tool scrapper is a card, right? Like Kevin played it. And it's good for like the um combo zashian with the metal goggles. Take Takato Seki, I believe is how mm-hmm. you pronounce his name. Um, people are playing that list because whenever a deck wins a tournament, it's all, it's everywhere. But um, you know, the tool scrapper is a card that I think a lot of decks should incorporate as a one-of um in their decks. And so that's like that's how you get rid of the metal frying pans, right? That's how you get that weakness um activated because metal frying pan, if you don't know, takes away the weakness. So it's very, very interesting. Um I think you could see maybe some fire decks come out a little bit, but when you talk about like baby blounds too, like it still loses the plant stamp.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean that's why I'm like, you know, if I'm a baby blonds player, do I run one, you know, tool scrapper? Because I think that this deck still might have an unfavorable matchup with baby blounds, even though they have the stamps, the reason, not the, not the same, the plants, I, the, the reason I think that is because if baby blounds were to play one or two tool scrappers, not just for I this think matchup.
0: Baby blounds is playing one tool scrapper. At least I would.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, but that's my thing, right? If you, um, so his, his, his tweet here, he won the Sunday open. He had to get lucky in the finals versus baby blounds. So mm-hmm. like even, even he, you know, realized that like, yeah, Tapu Fini, it's great for taking a single prize, I guess, but like, that's not winning you the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think baby blounds is, I guess the answer to this, because like if the, I've played versions of this, if you miss your frying pan against
0: that, you're just sitting there like, well, <laughs> I guess good game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they if they take that knockout super early, you just cry.
1: Especially with the Beastbringer, Springer, right? If they can get that mm-hmm. knockout on Luke Metal without wasting all their resources with a Springer, one Zacian is not is not out of reach for a
0: Baby Blonds. No, it's it's very it, it makes them salivate, in my opinion.
1: So I think yeah, Baby Blonds would probably be you know, you know, it's it's one of those decks though that like the more people play plants and stamps, which Dragapult is doing. This is doing playing of the plants.
0: Greens Picaram. Greens
1: Picaram, apparently. That's a thing. I don't, this is my thing. I don't see how any greens deck can do well in this format. Because Marnie is a thing. Marnie
0: wrecks greens. Well, here's a a conversation that I heard from Azul um, that I actually can kind of take into value. You get into a situation in your turn where you just have a trash hand. You have a trash hand. So you play greens. You don't necessarily get the ideal stuff. You don't get the ideal stuff, but you get some stuff to propel your board state a little bit. You know, they recognize that you have that one card hand maybe to pull off that combo or whatever you need that to do. And so they're like, all right, I'm just going to Marnie you. And then all those bad cards go to the bottom of your deck, like that entire hand.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good... I I always worry about psychological counters on PTCGO specifically. Mm-hmm. The reason being is like, look, we, this could be a whole other podcast. I think we actually should cover this on another episode about like the key differences between, you know, online versus IRL play. It's no bugs. <laughs> but, well, no bugs helps. <laughs> I mean, although I will say judges are essentially live human bugs because I've had judges making correct calls all the time. Um, because like, you know, complicated situations, arise, they need to make a decision. They make it. Then they check the compendium later and they're like, oh crap. Uh, looks like somebody else, some other judge made a slightly different decision somewhere else.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So, but I mean, yeah, you're right about the metal goggles. That would not be a bug judges would make. (laughs)
0: Love you. Will post.
1: Uh, but I will say that like, yeah, like the idea that you can bait your opponent into making certain moves via a greens deck. Where they're like oh you went and got these things but you didn't get another greens or you didn't get so you're making them think about it i just i wonder or maybe you PTC, do grab
0: do you know, another things i don't know maybe you do grab another greens i mean you could i don't know if you want
1: that on the bottom of your deck but that's a good point about like baiting your opponent into doing something that greens
0: allows for that kind of mind game so it's, it's just interesting i think we're in an interesting place where like we haven't even like looked up we're not even in our final form of the meta (laughs) i mean i hope not
1: man like we still have a few we still have a few uh a couple months to go before the next set so Mm -hmm. you know if we're in our final form i think this is going to be just as bad i don't think this is as bad as the sword and shield meta was because that meta was done and dusted by february
0: uh, I did not like that meta because it was no. either ADP Zashian or Centennial Mill. Yeah, it was it. bad. That's all it was.
1: So I guess we can get into, I think that's it for um, the Neopai, Uh Like you said, we don't have all of the decks that were played, but we do have the winner. I think that does tell us something. So.
0: Mm-hmm especially Uh, because it was a deck that people probably if you were to ask people what do you think is going to win i don't think people would have said luke metal's Ashin.
1: oh no no yeah that's that's definitely an out of left field uh pick Mm -hmm. well i'm gonna say then like i think that kind of wraps it up for for this episode of metapod uh yeah hopefully the the conversation about the new cards and uh the current state of the format is is Mm -hmm. helpful for y'all for y'all um before we go, I think I just wanted to also call out. There's also a lot of stuff going on in the world right now. Um, if you live in the United States, you're um, undoubtedly aware of this. If you live outside the United States, you probably are aware of this even still. Uh, but what I'm referencing is um, all of the protests, um, you know, that started because, uh, well, it started as the catalyst was the the murder of George Floyd, uh, but obviously, uh, the reason behind them is, you know. The systemic racism in our country, uh, particularly, particularly by you know the authority figures in our country, which are you know the police in many ways. Now, this isn't meant to be a political discussion, but what I would say is you know our community does strive to be inclusive in many ways. I know that not everyone in the community necessarily is, but I think it's a good thing to strive for. And in that pursuit, I think um, a good video that you should check out. We'll put it in the show notes. Um, Robbie, uh, who goes by rainbow rocket on YouTube. He's a former Pokemon player. He doesn't really play as much anymore, but he's out of the Florida area. He made a really great video talking about, um, you know, players of color in the Pokemon trading card game, his experiences over the course of, I want to say it was 10, 15 years of play from when he was a kid to an adult. Um, definitely check that video out. Uh, if you want to hear someone who, you know, in this community, um, you know, telling you about their experiences as a person of color.
0: As um, an active player and in a, in a uh, content creator as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he currently plays anymore, um, but he was a, a long-time player. So I think his, you know, it's it's really good, I think, to get his opinion on that stuff. He made this video, obviously, as a response to all of the recent events. So. Mm -hmm. definitely check that video out in the show notes. Um, I just think it's important whether or not you agree, disagree with whatever is going on in the world. Um, I hope that we can all agree that the community that we are a part of, the Pokemon community should be an inclusive one um, and should be a supportive community. And, you know, perspectives like Robbie's are important for, ensuring that our community stays supportive and inclusive or becomes supportive and inclusive for people if they don't feel that it currently is
0: and being able to being able to keep that inclusivity right because if we if we keep hearing about these experiences because you know I'll I'll just say like in my area you know uh we don't have many people of color um that play the game you know whether that's kids whether that's adults um just don't show up to our local league. So like, even though like I would consider our league inclusive, if someone were to come in, you know, we'd be accepting of them. We'd consider them like any other person that would join in. Um, it's still something that we need to, to know. And in order to keep the, keep our community as best as possible. Cause regardless of not even just race, you know, you talk about religion, sexuality, gender, um, because I mean, you you could even then go into the conversation of women in games, whether that's like esports or trading card games or whatever. Like, there's there's a little bit of a problem there. There's some there's a lot of bad eggs that hate that area, but we we need to keep it as inclusive inclusive as possible. And as a as a white male, personally, I think that this is a good video to watch because, like, I did not have the same experiences as Robbie did Um, in terms of like growing up because I just recently got in this game and stuff. And so like he brings some points that I was not aware of in terms of like how um, people of color grow up and how like parents support the trading card game and stuff. So um, I think it's something that you really should watch and be aware of. And I think Sean will agree to that because we want this place to be as safe as possible. We want this game to be as enjoyable as possible. And
1: so definitely check out Robbie's video again in the show
0: notes. So, for those of you that don't know, this is coming out at noon. I'm announcing this at 11 on my stream on Monday. I'm doing a kind of like rest of the month fundraiser essentially, where um, we're, we're uh, raising money for the LGBTQ Freedom Fund, um, which helps people of color and then also. Um, in the LGBTQ community. Um, so that's going to be something that's really, really awesome. We're not just doing it like a fundraiser where you just donate and that's it. Um, I have put together several designs with my artist, Doodle Damon. Shout outs to him. He works very, very hard. He's awesome. I love him. If you need an artist or whatever, commission him. He's great. Um, there's different things like stickers, um, mugs. I'm going to have t shirts, hoodies um products are going to rotate every single week for the rest of the month um we're doing it off stream elements who is awesome i know many people that are partnered with stream elements they love the site they recommend it it's easy um and it's going to be really cool the design is a kecleon um kecleon if you do not know is a chameleon pokemon very very cool but the cool thing about it is this was originally going to be for pride month because I I'm I fully support Pride Month and the LGBTQ community as an ally, um, and so I had a bu- I had a couple of these designs of different flags. You know, you have the the, the flag that everybody thinks of. You know, the rainbow, the gay flag. Um, you have the bisexual. You have the transgender flag that a kecleon can hold. But it, there's different designs in the sense that because kecleon's a chameleon. Um, There are some Kecleons that have the same color as the flag, which I think is really, really awesome. And um, whether you're an ally, whether you're a member or if you identify in the LGBTQ community, um, I think it's a really cool thing. And it's going to a really good cause. I've never done a fundraiser in terms of this. This is something that I've wanted to do for a while, but have not been able to do in my personal life. Um, through like the NCAA and stuff, just because of the limitations that they have, especially right now. So um, this is not a bag on the NCAA, but I I wanted to do this because I can't do it there. Um, we're not the biggest community, but it goes to a great cause. If you're interested, um, I'll be sporting it all month. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So
1: yeah, link to Jake's uh, Twitch channel where all of that is going to be happening is going to be in the show notes as well.
0: Link to Sean's <laughs> stuff is going to be in the show notes. You better put that in there.
1: Well, I mean, I'll put my link in there, but I'm not doing i I'm, I'm not doing an awesome fundraiser. So, uh, put your, definitely.
0: Put your YouTube in there. Put your Twitter in. <laughs> I mean, you support Sean, support, support Sean, support,
1: support each other. Uh, but I think, yeah, that is gonna, that is gonna do it for this episode. Thank you, Jake for joining me on this uh, wonderful adventure, the first of hopefully
0: many, many episodes for Metapod. Thank you, Sean, for inviting me to this adventure because this was all your idea. He's the, <laughs> he's the 200 IQ brain. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. We'll let, we'll let the people decide the, uh, the IQ after they listen to some of my
1: opinions on these cards and meta. But <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, but. thank you all for listening. Um, we will catch you in a future video. Uh, remember to subscribe if you like this stuff. Um, this podcast can be found on a variety of different podcast platforms. Hopefully it's everywhere by the time this comes out. But uh, if not, just hold tight. It should be everywhere soon. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, let us know what you think. Reach out to us on Twitter. Again, those links and everything will be in the show notes. If you have any thoughts and everything for uh, what we should do with these episodes moving forward. Thanks again for all the support on this first video. Uh, sorry, sorry, first first podcast, wow. It really is a first. <laughs> uh, Thanks again, and we will catch you all in a future episode.